When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SCNZ, four minutes past two o'clock. Starting the show with some iconic, because he was an icon, Jeff Beck. Terrible news through. Uh, a very sharp, short dose of meningitis, I think it was, taking who, what they call the guitarist, guitarist, and a genuine icon of, well, blues, rock, jazz, uh, opera. He did it all, didn't he? Jeff Beck, a total legend. And again, sad news coming through that he's passed away. At age 82, I believe, which is... 78, sorry, 78, which is pretty young. Legendary guitarist. So we'll play a bit of Jeff Beck throughout the day, some of his solo stuff as well, some of his stuff with, obviously, the R-Birds and um, right through his career. Rock and Rod Stewart. We'll play it all. On ECNZ, five minutes past two o'clock, it's Louis here filling in for Kirsten Beeve and kind of Staffy and kind of Ricardo because coming up on the show later on, it's going to be the Phoenix Hour. And we've got David Ball on the show, which is pretty exciting. Uh, David Ball, he is a great New Zealander. I'm going to call him a Kiwi even though he's English, but he's settled in in Wellington and kind of made it his own, hasn't he? So David Ball's going to join the Phoenix Hour. What else do we have on the Macca's menu? Thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourite straight to your door. Uh, Joey Lynch in the Phoenix Hour as well. Because with Phoenix Nation, uh, we've got a massive, massive game against Brisbane coming up in the weekend. Coming off that emotional roller coaster against Sydney, Joey is right across the A League. In particular, what's been going on with the Melbourne uh, victory sanctions, which are hefty, very, very, very hefty sanctions after that pitch invasion. So, um, which is what you'd call it. Almost riots, wasn't it? So Joey's across it all, all the A-League news. He's going to join in on Phoenix Nation. And we'd love on the Phoenix Hour for you to come through 0800 150 811 on the Kennard's Hire phone line or on double eight double three. The Tempeby Post text machine is, well, I should say the Makita phone line, shouldn't I? Yeah, it's old habits die hard there. Uh, the Makita phone line. Uh, and take 
Give us your say on uh, where the Phoenix are heading, how they are going, how they are poised and placed, because I know that there's Phoenix fans out there that are, are quietly happy with how they're tracking into the season and they are sitting right in that middle bunch of players where it only takes one or two wins to continue to build this momentum and they might be able to put themselves right into a playoff spot. So we'll talk to David Ball about that, we'll talk to Joey Lynch about that and I hope we can talk to you about it on 0800 150 811, the Makita phone line, rule the outdoors with Makita. What else is on the Macca's menu? Leo Luna, a 49ers diehard reporter. Don't know from which publication, but everything 49ers. And we're going to talk NFL because it's wildcard weekend. We spoke to Ben Graham a couple of days ago, and it really just whet my appetite. I can't see the 49ers not being in the Super Bowl at this stage, and it's all set up for the Philadelphia Eagles, but honestly, I think the 49ers have the have the weapons. It all hangs on the rookie quarterback, though. Brock Purdy, what are you going to do? Can you back a, quarter, a rookie quarterback all the way through the NFL playoffs? Whew, tough ask, but we'll talk to Leo Luna about that and what he thinks uh, will we'll be able to get from um, the 49ers and Brock Purdy. We'll talk some racing. Might try and track down Warren Kennedy. Just trying to pin down a time with Warren. He's been going so well. He's enjoying a nice day off today. They're racing at Whanganui there. The second race has just been run at Whanganui there. Um, He's not there. Warren, he's having a lovely day off, as I said, with his family. Tobias, at $26, has just absolutely picked them up and dropped them in the second. That is a big price. And a nice winner for Seal Butler, The Apprentice, and uh, Tony Dravitsky as well. There you go. That's what's going on out of Wanganui. And we'll also talk Cycling Classic because Stage 2's gone on and our man on the ground at the Cycling Classic commentating all the action is Julian Innocent, and he's going to join us once again. But double eight, double three, oh, 100, 150, 811. Those are your numbers at nine minutes past two o'clock. Rain delay at the ASB Classic. We're waiting for Cameron Norrie to play his quarterfinal. It should be a bit of a celebration today. But we're just, um, yeah, we're just waiting for that to kind of kick into action, aren't we? So the rain has been an absolute, uh, an absolute thorn in the side of the ASB Classic, and Cam Norrie... And Marcos Giron are good to go at quarter past two. So hopefully they'll at least be playing underground if they're not playing up there on the centre court. Last night on ECNZ, you heard the Black Caps. You heard the Black Caps. You heard them tie the series up in outstanding fashion against Pakistan. Uh, Although it got dicey, it got very, very dicey. And I don't want to be the guy that's negative about a win, but, man, it definitely could have been easier than that. Kane Williamson, Devin Conway, brilliant with the willow. A ton from Devin Conway. Yeah, another ton from Devin Conway. Off 92 bulls. Kane Williamson, 85 from 100. But after that, if Mitchell Santner didn't play his kind of innings of just reconciling, 37 from 40. I kind of hate to know what might have happened in the 
second innings. It turned up a storm. Our spinners, hey, we spoke about it yesterday. Ish Sodi did get picked. Henry Shipley was dropped. Unfortunate, but necessary. Michael Bracewell, Mitchell Santner, Ish Sodi, and Glenn Phillips together bowled 30 overs and for bugger all runs. They were superb. Uh, very, very tidy work. It was Tim Southey and Lockie Ferguson that did knock the top off the Pakistan attack. Um, but. Mitchell Santner again, going for 3.4 and over. And then from his 10, Michael Bracewell taking the one wicket, going at 2.9 and over. Neither bowled a maiden, but it didn't matter. They were suffocating through the middle there. Um, and East Sodi and Glenn Phillips together picking up three wickets combined. East Sodi comes in, takes the twofer. So the spin did win. But I'm concerned a wee bit, going back to my initial thought around what could have been if our two best players didn't play like our two best players. I feel like it's a boring take because we spoke about it a lot around the the Cricket World Cup. But Finn Allen is becoming quite frustrating because you want him to succeed. They've, I get to get the feeling they might die on the Finn Allen hill here. Gavin Larson, Gary Stead, and, and the Black Caps coaching hierarchy and the selectors. I don't know whether dropping Finn Allen is the answer, but Finn Allen isn't seeming to progress the way he's getting out, and he doesn't seem to be learning, and each time Finn Allen is getting out for these low scores, he is looking increasingly frustrated. But I have to ask, who's Finn Allen frustrated at? Because if it's himself... Why doesn't he just take time to get himself in? Why doesn't he balance him out? He's looking like a hitter. And Scott Styrus, I'm pretty sure it was, said this on the television broadcast last night. He's looking like he's out there to pinch hit, not to score runs. And it's such a good way to put it. I'm a bit worried about the way that he's going about crafting the top of his innings, Finn Allen. And I'm not going to start a Finn Allen pile on because I kind of thought we already did it and it, and it didn't really serve its purpose. Martin Guptill's not here. Martin Guptill has seemingly been moved on by from New Zealand cricket. I disagreed with that. I don't necessarily know whether they're going to go back. I kind of worry they might be a little bit too proud. You don't necessarily want to be meddling elsewhere. I mean, they've tinkered with Daryl Mitchell at the top of the order. Tom Latham's obviously spent time at the top of the order in test cricket and in white ball cricket from time to time. Uh, we have people knocking on the door in domestic cricket that would love a crack. I don't know whether that's the right thing to do, so it's a pretty weak take from me around Finn Allen. I kind of can't imagine a bit of time in the paddock would do him any harm. Or is it the coach's jobs just to now be able to work with Finn Allen, persist with Finn Allen, and try and help him lose that frustration where he is seemingly so mad at himself when he's getting out? The shot he's played to get out Caught by Mohammed Nawaz uh, from Nasim Shah yesterday was it was pretty messy, and it, it not overly dissimilar to after he gave himself a start, but then got frustrated in the first ODI. I can't all hang on for Allen. Daryl Mitchell will be frustrated. Tom Latham will be very frustrated being trapped in front by Nawaz. Um, Glenn Phillips missing out on the runs. Michael Bracewell missing out on the runs. They will all be extremely disappointed with their performance with the bat. 
they were pinned up by Kane Williamson and Devin Conway and then Mitchell Santner, who played a vital, vital role towards the end of that innings, just staying in for balls just to accumulate. And I think that did make a huge difference. It just put a little bit more pressure on the Pakistani chase. So it's not all on Finn Allen. But it's the first thing I saw. The first thing I thought last night watching the cricket was, oh man, that that look on his face, that anguish, that frustration, almost disgust with the way he's gotten out. I've seen it and I've noticed it a number of times with Finn Allen now. And if it is himself he's frustrated with, I think he can fix it. I think he just needs to maybe dig in, apply himself. He can take games away from teams, and that's why I don't necessarily think dropping him is the answer, although some time away might do him good. He is the long term. He is the future. He's got all the talent in the world. I'm not saying I'm not a Finn Allen guy, but right now something's not clicking for him, and I think a good coach will be able to get in there and work with him, and hopefully if they do decide to persist, which is what I think they will do, hopefully they can get in his ear and they can get into his head and just tinker a couple of screws, tighten them up, and maybe we'll see Finn Allen applying himself at the top of the order and becoming that destructive batsman that we know he can be and batting deep into the innings. And all of a sudden, then it is Tom Latham, Darren Mitchell, Kane Williamson's duty to be able to play roles around him and score runs and take the pressure off him because he's going deep. That's what I would love for Finn Allen. I think he's capable of it. I think it's possible. The rest of them... The batsmen, that is, they'll be looking forward to the third ODI because they get another chance to go out there and score runs. We are alive. It's our first win in Pakistan in well, nearly two decades, right? It's amazing. We're alive in an ODI series. The decider on SCNZ Live Friday night, which is tomorrow, 10.30pm. Brilliant. Can't wait for that one. More cricket and international cricket at that. 17 minutes past 2 o'clock. You're listening to The Run Home. 0800 150 811. Would love to hear from you today uh, on Finallen, on the Black Caps, where you think they can tighten the screws here to make sure that they make the most of this tight ODI series going into the decider. Where do you want to see some development in that batting order? And do they have to play the same bowling lineup? Do they play the same bowlers in the same order? I think they probably will. What do you say? 0800 150 811. The Makita phone line is there for you. Double eight double three. Temper bed post text